It is four minutes after 12 o'clock on a crisp, beautiful Saturday afternoon here. Dr. Payne Show is ready to roll. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Info at paincarecanada.com. I want to drop us an email throughout the show today. We'll talk about all facets of pain and care, dealing with uh, dealing with pain, getting that uh, first assessment happening, and your phone calls, of course, if you have any physical maladies, things that have been bothering you recently, bring them on. Uh, Dr. Lou is here to answer all your questions. And we always start with a look back, or at least some current stuff happening in the uh, the clinic, the week that was, brother. How are yeah. you? Good, yourself? Good, man. I'm excellent. Yeah, so, um, I mean, one of the things that we all know is going on right now is the opiate crisis, and right. everything uh, centered around that. And I actually had a uh, a gentleman come in this week who uh, it was. It's actually quite a sad story because um, he was hurt a long time ago. I won't go into the details of the injury, but essentially was put on uh, pain medication uh, over a period of time, developed a dependency yep. to this pain medication, and now that um, the regulations around it are getting more strict, he's unable to get the medication that he wants. Right. Uh, and in fact, he even said to me, he said, you know, I go buy it on the street because I need it. He's like, I'm just going to be you very honest w- with you. Um, and, uh, you know, and it was it, it was a very sad thing. And I don't want to really get into the politics of whether it's right or wrong with what they're doing about eliminating it. What I thought it did very much highlight is pain medication is still being prescribed to people that are experiencing new pain. So my my personal view would be that Yes, I do think these situations like this gentleman where uh, there's already been a dependency to just remove this medication from these individuals is probably not the no. right thing to do. However, um, learning from the things that have happened should highlight to us the importance of how addictive these medications can be. And a lot of people are still experiencing new pain, right? We're, we're talking about people experiencing pain now, and they still want that quick fix. They want to go to, just get rid of the, to the walk-in clinic yeah. or something and just give me a pill, give me a pill. There's so many better options yeah. uh, that are available. And again, you know me. I'm not. It's not like I'm against medication. I believe meds play their role in, in the pain management world. But there's so many options out there and so many... I don't like using the term alternative because alternative suggests that it's something different. I'll use the term complementary, something yeah. that goes along uh, with the potential use of medications. And, you know, the medication initially may be very, very important in the beginning when things are acutely exacerbated. And you should start relying on it less and less and start relying on the other things more and more. Uh, the physical therapies, uh, various manual therapies. The CBT uh, possibly, right? Yeah, the behavioral therapy. Yeah, the, that stuff, you know, again, that becomes very important when issues get chronic. But physical pain needs a physical intervention in the beginning right. is what I usually say. Uh, and again, that's a, that's me being very broad here. That's not necessarily 100% of the time. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's so many people out there, my network people that can help people suffering from pain. It's a direct, there's no referral required. You just need to come in, get this stuff looked at by one of our primary contact healthcare professionals that specialize in the musculoskeletal system, in, in the in the system yeah. that's going to cause you pain. Get what's, what's going wrong, figure it out, and get it treated the right way. Because we've heard on this show now over the last year the, the amount of times that things are being treated wrong and people aren't getting better and they wonder why they're not getting better. And it's very simple. If, you're, if your diagnosis is wrong, well, then your treatment intervention is likely going to be wrong. And then the other problem is places where it's just the cookie-cutter approach for every everything is yeah. treated the exact same way, and that doesn't do it any justice. There does need to be um, th- that personal touch, uh, that patient-specific 
uh, program set for the person to get better because everybody's different. And, uh, and pain is something that affects all of us differently. And so if that's the case, again, we need to treat it individually. And that's what we're here for. So th- that gentleman, he just, I really wanted to highlight that point to start the show off just because, um, again, from a, from a historic perspective, I think that people that are on these pain medications to just take it away from them is not right because, you know, they, they are addicted. That's the reality. So what you're just sending them into withdrawal, and that could be potentially more dangerous. But definitely limiting the use of these uh, opiate medications going forward for new cases, I do think is important. And I think there's uh, much, much better alternatives or complementary interventions out there that can help with pain management. And in fact, the government is working on a lot of things. There's a lot of trial projects going on out there uh, where uh, the incorporation of many different healthcare professionals uh, for the assessment and treatment of different things, uh, specifically things like low back pain, which is you know, second only to the common cold Ugh, for brutal. for lost time off yeah. of work. So uh, low back pain, neck pain, those things. So there's a lot of trial projects going on. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to highlight that. Another interesting case um, that I had was, uh, um, again, neurological type of stuff. I, I think I talk about the neurological type of cases mm-hmm. probably more than anything else, uh, only because a neurological physical exam is so easy to be done in the office and so underdone in the world right. that it's it's actually kind of sad and i tell everybody everyone that comes in to see me i do a full neurological exam on them because you can pick up stuff that doesn't have a lot of s- symptoms things that you would feel right away yep. but you can pick up a physical sign in the neurological exam which can tip you off to that and i had a case similar to that this week where um I had a person who was not coming in for anything neurological, actually. It was just simply neck pain. Uh, I went in and I did a neurological exam, and I found some clinical signs there that, you know, I thought needed to be investigated deeper because it could be something early, uh, something neurodegenerative that's early. Now, the good thing was her overall issue, um, there wasn't anything there that was a red flag to me, so likely I think it's probably just normal for her. But I told her I'd rather be sorry. Or I'd rather be safe than totally. sorry. Yeah. And so I tell all my patients that if I'm going to put you through the system to get you to a specialist somewhere, and I've wasted your time, I don't care because I'd rather be safe about that than be sorry and say, Excellent. "Hey, we missed it." We'll take a short break. Your questions, your comments, bring them on. You're in pain. You have pain questions, physical issues. Bring them on. Doctor Lou is here right till one o'clock. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell and uh, info at paincarecanada.com through email as well. Just getting warmed up. The Doctor Pain Show talk. Radio, AM 640. It's uh, 1214 on your Saturday afternoon. It is a beauty out there. Yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Chris, thanks for hanging on, pal. What's going on with you? Hi, good afternoon. Uh, I've had uh, plantar fasciitis now oh. for over two years. Uh, sometimes it's more acute uh, than uh, than other times. Uh, I went for physio, I have orthotics. You know, I do different sort of stretches. Uh the main thing that, that that's happening and I guess in the quality of life that I have now is that I cannot in any way walk on a hard surface without either my orthotics for outdoors or for indoors. I usually have Birkenstocks or crawl. Like I have to walk on something soft. Right. Now, I, I feel like I kind of tried everything and I'm just sort of a good send. I mean, it's come to a point that even if, you know, I go to someone's house, I have to have uh, indoor shoes for the support. And I find myself when I'm when I'm in a lot of pain, I tend to walk more on the ball of my foot, not to put any pressure on my heel. Heel, right? Uh, there's no sort of injury. There's no sort of trauma that I can say something happened. Yes. It, it just. 
sort of comes and goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted maybe a little bit of direction on that. Sure. So how old are you, Chris? Uh, 43. 43. And this happened two years ago for the first time? For the first time. I mean, at sometimes it's been happening. Like, I could have pain for a, a month or two. And then it would subside. Like, it just comes and goes for no rhyme or reason that I'm aware so, of. But, but the first time that ever happened was two years ago? Or that had been happening for, you know, longer, uh, further back into your life? Uh, the first time it happened two years ago, initially when it happened, I thought it was a bruise because I felt like I had a bruise on my heel. That was that was the, the, the sensation I got that maybe I hit something, which I did it. Right. So, you know, I let it kind of perpetuate for a little bit until yeah. I went to see my doctor who referred me to to, to chiropractors where, where I had orthotics. I even had some physio. I have some home therapies. Like, you know, I'll roll my foot on a rolling pin or on a cold can of pop or something just to sort of do stretches, which maybe helps temporarily, but I'm mm-hmm. just having trouble finding permanent relief. Okay. And and so besides the physio and that stuff, have you tried anything else? Like what else has been done and besides the orthotics? Uh, well, I haven't taken any pain medication, although no, okay. I felt like I needed to at times, but uh, it's just more of like I'm just managing and the, mm-hmm. the way I've been, been doing it, again, it's just by orthotics or or, or from walking on hardwood floors or any hard surfaces. Right. Are you flat-footed as well? Uh, well, I'm not, but okay. uh, I'm, now that I look at my foot, because I've had orthotics for, for two years now, I, I do have an arch in my foot, but sometimes if I forget my orthotics, then I find my inner foot sort of rolls in, which, which is painful. And yeah, I just well, that's actually off. normal because the foot is supposed to spring. So, yeah, I mean... I would, I again, in order for me to say for sure, if there, there are some other things that are like physical interventions that might be able to get done to, you know, it also depends how good the physio that you were doing uh, was done. The reality is, is with plantar fasciitis, the problem is, is because you're always on your feet, it's a hard thing to heal. It's, it's the same as hand problems, right? These are areas, if we hurt our shoulder, you can limit the use of that shoulder because you could say, well, I'm another gonna, one. <laughs> yeah, or you have another one, but you're also going to say, I'm not going to lift that yep. shoulder. But literally, almost everything in our life requires our hands and our feet to, to move yeah. around and do things. And that, la- that uh, amount of work that's required by them also makes these issues harder to treat. That doesn't mean it's impossible to get them away. The other thing here is once something has gone on for uh, you know two years, it is technically defined as a chronic issue. And we've talked about on the show a lot how chronic uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you're ever going to be able to get this issue 100% away, but rather you are maybe just going to get it uh, to a point where you can manage it day to day and it's not overly exacerbated. And yes, yeah, sometimes you will have acute flare-ups and other times you may not. Uh, I would say the best course of action at this point, Chris, in all honesty, is if you come in, we have an assessment. Uh, I could take a look at it, go into more detail on exactly what you've done, uh, and then maybe recommend some other potential um recommendations also again the biggest thing is a lot of times people will say oh i've had um um uh you know therapy done but it's what type of therapy where was it how much not not where in terms of of the place but 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 yeah like at what point you know some people say oh, i did therapy but it was only once every two weeks and some issues need more than that and i'm not saying that's your case chris it's just those are the types of details that i'll have to go into with you in order to understand uh what else could potentially be done there's something I heard, but I don't know a lot about. Well, I've heard of something to the effect uh, one course of action is some sort of 
correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I got the verbiage wrong, but uh, sound wave therapy or sound therapy, something like yeah, that? that uh, yeah, and that's another potential um, uh, type of therapy that can be done. Yes, it's shockwave therapy. And, and one other thing is, what really causes, because we all walk on our feet, out of no different yep. than anyone else. Yeah, that's very, what, very true. What, what, like, what causes that strain? What causes the heel muscle to, to be like that? Yeah. This is what perplexes me. I wish I, I could say, you know what, I fell or something happened. But what perplexes me, there, there is nothing out of the ordinary or a point in time that I could isolate. Right. No well, trigger. Yeah, so there might not be anything out of the ordinary that's apparent to you because it's, it's you. But the, the reality about the human body is most of these things are not just that it's not usually a one incident that does it, but usually the straw that breaks the camel's back. So there might be something in the way that you walk, your gait pattern that over your whole life was fine. But then at a certain point, there's just a breakdown of that. And then you experience the pain. So that's the uh, potential cause right there. That's why anytime you're, we're looking at issues, we also functionally analyze a person to see how that area of the body moves, to see how your gait pattern moves and all those things. Uh, but the other reality, like a lot of things in healthcare is it's just it's just idiopathic. We don't know why a lot of these things happen, and that's no different than, say, something like cancer, right? Why does one person get cancer versus another person? So, unfortunately, when it comes to healthcare, uh, you know, there might be a, a functional issue on why it's happened to you, and, and I may be able to identify that in uh, in an assessment. But sometimes these things just happen, and it's just you know the the wear and tear over life. Chris, I'm going to give you that number, one eight five 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 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. Uh, call, get that assessment happening, uh, happening, info at paincarecanada.com. We'll take a short break and your phone calls as well. Wide open lines, give us a call. You have questions, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Dr. Payne Show, right to 1 o'clock this afternoon. This is Talk Radio, AM 640. 1225 Dr. Payne Show. Yeah, phone lines are wide open. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. You want to call, get some information. You're uh, in some sort of condition. You have pain questions, bring them on. We're here till, uh, till 1 o'clock. And Dr. Lou here to uh, to answer them. We've, we get a lot of phone calls and uh, emails, as a matter of fact, info at paincarecanada.com, by the way, for stuff like headaches and fibromyalgia. These are two big things we talk about week in, week out, because people want to know about them, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and I mean, when fibromyalgia doesn't affect a, as much of the population, for sure, and we'll talk about that after, but definitely headaches yeah. are, are something that, that uh, a lot of people are either experiencing themselves or know somebody that experiences headaches. Now... When you look at headaches, you got to first step back. So if this is a new headache, um, you number one have to determine, I got to make sure that this is not a life-threatening headache because things like brain tumors, strokes, anything very serious like that could potentially cause uh, a headache, a very severe headache. Uh, And again, the majority of headaches are not caused by those things. But but again, when you see a person, this is the diagnostic process. Uh, So first you have to rule out that it's nothing serious like that. Then when you're left with, okay, it's nothing pathological, you're left with a couple of other options. Um, And there's a couple broad classifications. You have the the tension type headache. So you can have headaches due to the muscles in your shoulders and your necks that, that attaches to your skull that causes tightness in those muscles, pulls on the scalp, creates a pain syndrome in the head. Uh, you can also have cervicogenic, which means cervical, meaning uh, the cervical spine, and genic, meaning to arise from the cervical spine. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the joints in the in the neck might be restricted, or there might be something going on, some degenerative changes that are severe, leading to impingement on certain nerves. That can create a headache type of pattern. 
Uh, and those are the tension type headaches. And those are the ones where the, the manual physical therapies are extremely uh, good in terms right. of getting rid of those. You then can have other uh, different types of headaches, and we've all heard of migraines. Uh, and oh, that's and that's a little bit different. That's we're really kind of I, I want to say we're we're not really a hundred percent sure on why migraines happen. Uh, we think it's either vascular or neurogenic, like something neurological going on. Well, definitely there's something neurological going on, but in terms of what's its cause, um, and these are different types of headaches. And then actually I, this week I had a, a patient call in about her son also experiencing cluster headaches, which is not that different from migraines, but it is different. It's not as common as migraines and cluster headaches um, are quite intense and they tend to uh, you know, be there for a period of time and then go into remission and come back. They are a little more common in men. And so then these, so when you look at these types of headaches, so we, we talked about the pathological things due to a tumor or a stroke or something like that. Obviously that gets treated one way with emergency uh, services. But then if we deal in the other realm of things, uh, you have the tension type headaches, which are due mainly to mechanical problems. And then again, you you have the headaches on the migraine and cluster side that are likely due to some type of vascular problem or uh, neurological type of issue. Or again, even idiopathic. Sometimes we just don't know why these things uh, arise. And so the the really there's medications available to help people deal with their their headaches uh but one thing that i also find that no matter as long whether it's the tension or the migraine cluster type that i find does tend to have some impact is the physical manual therapies for sure it has a big impact on um the tension type headaches but it also does help with the other ones because as you have a headache you're going to tense your shoulders up you're going to strain your sure. your neck and that's just going to contribute to the headache a little bit more now i'm not saying if you have migraines and you get your neck worked on that that's the only solution but it may be part of the problem a lot of times people have migraines and they know their migraines but then they'll say but i still have headaches at other times that i know are not my migraines and likely it's the tension type headache in that in that scenario um, you can also get headaches due to things like high blood pressure, right? Which kind of goes back to the stroke thing because stroke can be related to high blood pressure. But a headache just due to simply having chronic high blood pressure isn't necessarily life-threatening at that minute. So sometimes figuring out, again, like everything in in, uh, uh, in healthcare, it's figuring out why these things are happening. Because headache is really just uh, a symptom, right? It's a symptom more than anything. You're just saying, hey, I have pain in my head. But it's a matter of going to someone that says, okay, well, let me figure out why you're having right. pain in your head. Uh, and so that's the reality kind of about headaches. But another very, very important thing about headaches is, is what's called the headache diary. So looking for yeah. triggers. Um, and I was actually speaking to this patient this week about it. But people that are having headaches... Uh, you know, and they and maybe you've tried the physical therapies, you've had your neck worked on and it's not helping. There may be something in the environment, whether it's something that you're consuming through your food or something that you're using for, you know, washing your clothing or maybe somewhere where you're going to work or, or possibly seasonal, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's where and it could be anything for any person. And that's why a headache diary, you essentially write a specific, a specific detailed account of your days. Uh, and then at, and then you will know when headaches happen, when they go away, what their intensity is. But then over a period, once you've gathered enough um, information and enough days of this, or sometimes weeks, sometimes months, it could be even years. You can go back and you could say, "Hey, I I, I see it. I see scope the out a pattern." Yeah, maybe, I see. Right? I you know, it's really funny that every time the temperatures between twenty and twenty two, I get a headache. Or you know, we've heard a lot. I'm sure a lot of people have heard chocolate. 
uh, could be a trigger. So all red these wine. things, exactly. Yeah. So there's, but it's not always as simple as red right. wine or chocolates. That's why the headache diary helps in figuring it out. If you're a sufferer, if you have something to say, you got questions, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Dr. Payne, show talk radio, AM 640. 12.34, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. you got wide open lines uh, right till 1 o'clock here. You have uh, physical pain, physical problems, questions you want to ask Dr. Lou. Uh, we're here till 1 to answer those questions on the air. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. And to get a hold of the clinic anytime, one 855 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U. Get that uh, free consultation happening and uh, start getting better, as they say. Fibromyalgia is where we're going to leave off for uh, for this yep. uh, segment, too, yep. right? Um, so fibromyalgia again is kind of yeah. Uh, everyone thinks it's a yeah, and we we've gone over this a lot. It's it's what it's essentially when you're able to determine. So if someone has chronic widespread pain, there could be a lot of reasons for chronic widespread pain, all the way from uh, cancer type of pain to autoimmune type of pain related to different types of um, you know systemic arthritis things like that. But once you're able to eliminate everything, you say, no, you got nothing autoimmune going on. You don't have any malignant process going on in your body. There's nothing neurological going on. But the patient sits there and says, yeah, but I still feel all this pain. I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing. The doctor then turns around and says, okay, well, it's fibromyalgia. And so we've essentially created a term because, you know, people don't like leaving a doctor's office not knowing a given they want term. a stamp on something. Yeah, they want they yeah. want to understand well why. So at yeah. least if we've created this stamp and we could say, hey, it's fibromyalgia, people maybe feel a little bit better about it because now they have a term that they can rely on when someone right. says, hey, what's wrong? You can turn around and say, well, I've got fibromyalgia, right? right. Um, so fibromyalgia, when you just simply break down the the word, means fibro is fiber, myo is the muscles, and alga means pain. They're just Latin terms. So, Muscle pain. So you have pain of your muscles and your fibers, right? So all your soft tissue. So it's a very nonspecific term. Big time. Um, but it is a term that we give to someone who has chronic widespread pain mm-hmm. uh, that has no other uh, reason for it. And again, no other reason being nothing pathological going on in the terms of a malignancy or some systemic process like that or uh, you know something autoimmune or something neurodegenerative. So now it becomes, okay, well, how does that this person potentially get better from their fibromyalgia? Because they're going to come to you and say, doctor, I have fibromyalgia. Exactly. Or okay. the, the doctor that they're seeing will say, hey, you have fibromyalgia, here's some medicine. And usually the medicine around it is all the different types of chronic pain medications that are out there. Often, and we've talked about how closely chronic pain is related to um, the psychological aspect, Mm -hmm. because as your mental activity is heightened, your experience of pain is heightened. So a lot of the intervention, the medical intervention towards things like fibromyalgia are actually things like antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, for the very reason that you're trying to tone down this person's mental activity in the hope that in doing so, you also tone down their experience of pain. because. What fibromyalgia essentially is, is is telling you that, yes, you have chronic pain, but that chronic pain is something that you are, yourself are experiencing. And now this is the border of when I start saying these things, people say, well, is this guy saying I'm crazy? You're not crazy. The reality is, is your brain is your processing system and everything you experience in your body has to go through your brain and your brain then gives you the perception of what you're feeling. Right. Uh, and that's why, you know, if you had... People that have spinal cord injuries, you can take their leg, you can punch it, you can do whatever to it. They're not going to feel anything. Why? Because there's no communication with the brain. So that highlights the fact that pain doesn't exist in the anatomical part of the body that you're necessarily looking at. But the experience of that pain exists in your mind. And so the same thing with uh, phantom limb pain, where someone may have lost a limb due to whatever reason. But it's still itchy. 
but it's still itchy yeah. or there's still pain. That limb doesn't actually exist anymore, but the person feels pain in that non-existing limb. Limb in this, all of these things highlight that pain. The pain experience is in the brain. So when it comes to fibromyalgia and chronic pain, this is where people need to accept people that are suffering from chronic pain, from from fibromyalgia. These things that that experience of your pain is in your mind. Now that not diminishing it. No. And that, that's where, this is where, you know, sometimes I have to educate people. This is not me saying, hey, I'm diminishing your, what you're going through. No, I am just giving you simply why it's happening. Now that if we can both accept that this is why it's happening, let's treat it from that right. perspective. Because in treating it from that perspective is where you'll have the greatest outcomes. Now that doesn't mean that you don't include medicines and physical interventions because this is something that's being experienced in your mind. No, because even when you do a physical intervention, that experience of that physical intervention happens in the mind. And so it's very, very important. But usually what I find with fibromyalgia and chronic pain, you kind of got to look at it from three ways. You got to look at it from the traditional medical slash biochemical perspective. So what different types of medications, things can be used, the physical perspective. And bio, I say biochemical also includes your diet, things, things that you're putting into your body. From the physical perspective, different types of therapies that you can potentially do, uh, different aids that you can use, such as uh, orthotics, similar to that other patient that we we were talking about but then the one silo that's often missed is the psychosocial how do you treat that person's experience of their pain through their experience of of their mind and their social because it's a huge component though it's a huge it's a huge component but it's diminished right it's it's something that we don't really i shouldn't say we don't really target it's harder for people to accept to target this and everybody i mean we're human so we're naturally designed to want to conserve energy so we're lazy we want to do as little as possible mm-hmm. to get better. And the reality is when it comes to this, you got to, you, you got to get over that hurdle. You got to accept that there's a psychosocial component and you got to target that. And that's often the missing link. We'll talk about more of that exact component when we come back. In the meantime, your phone calls, you got time, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. You experiencing that? You got a question or concern? Bring it on. Dr. Payne Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. 12.43, Dr. Payne's show till 1 o'clock each and every Saturday here. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Yeah, that big component of pain is huge, right? Up in the yep. mind. Yeah, for sure. The the psychosocial component is massive. Um, and again, it's it's very hard for people to accept it. And then even the people that do accept it, they don't really do it right because they'll say, yeah, I talked to somebody and, and, you know, and, and I did kind of what they were saying. And it's like, no, this is, this is cognitive behavior therapy. This is changing the way you think this is, it's, it's analogous to someone saying, you know, they're severely obese and they say, yeah, well, I've tried to go on diets before, but mm. nothing works. No, no, no. You have to change your life, right? You, when yeah, you're it's an obese a diet, person, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. You've yeah. got to change your lifestyle. Yeah. You have to accept that there's no such thing as a diet anymore. You you lose weight by changing the way that you live. And chronic pain, the psychosocial, is the same. It's not enough to say, "Oh, I talked to somebody, and yeah, I got what they were saying," but I don't practice it every day, and I don't and I don't do it. And no, you have to make it part of your life. The whole point is you have to change the way you think. You also have to. A lot of it is is a coping mechanism, right? If you can cope with what's going on, that can already make you feel better. Because a lot of times, people's pain is worse because they may have a pain in their arm, like these instances, like of, of pain that's unknown 
origin. Mm -hmm. They may have this pain in their arm and then they're focusing on it saying, you know, I know the doctor said it's nothing, but I can feel it right now. And, you know, I know they said it's nothing like this, but could it also, could it be a brain tumor? Could it be this? And you start going off into these tangents and that just increases your mental activity. And in doing so, it amplifies your pain. So you can sit there and literally make your pain worse versus if you're able to cope and distract you can subside the importance of that pain and therefore make that that pain level less for you to experience day to day and be able to, to function. The other thing that's important for chronic pain sufferers to understand is I see a lot of times people who say I'm in severe pain, but then I get them into my office and I start doing functional tests with them, moving them around. Mm-hmm. They've got full function. And it's like you need to really focus on the fact that if you're in pain, but you have good function, that function is more important than pain because function is what will affect your activities of daily living and all the things that you would need to do to yourself, right? Like, can you still bathe yourself? Can you still go to the washroom? Can you still take care of yourself? Can you move around? Can you do these things? And there's a lot of people out there that have physical limitations that limit their life because because their function is limited. But a lot of chronic pain sufferers, actually, and I'm not saying all chronic pain sufferers, but there's many chronic pain sufferers who actually have full function. And all they're focusing on is their pain. But they should be focusing on the fact that they have full function and they're still able to do all the things that they can do because that becomes so very important. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You know, it's interesting you focus on CBT because, I mean, it's it, there's no kidding. And I've, you know, I, I've done some of it. I've been through it. And it is bloody hard work. But, man, does it work. You've got to go in for the long haul and you've got to, you've got to work at it. But yeah, it's great. It, it, you can't even think of it at a certain point. You can't even think of it as a... a a therapy that you're doing anymore. You you just have to simply accept that you're trying to change the way that you think. And over time, you won't even realize it, but you are changing the way you think and the way, and it's all about replacing preconceived beliefs that are not necessarily true with new beliefs that are based on fact. And that, and that that's the key really uh, for cognitive behavior therapy, but there's so much more on the psychosocial side as well than just the cognitive behavior therapy. And, uh, you know, it's not uncommon to meet people who have chronic pain are, and are in horrible relationships. And that's not really right. a matter of, of cognitive behavior therapy. That maybe is a matter of get out of that horrible relationship. Like it's destroying your life. Like your experience is, is going to be felt in your body. And if you're in a bad relationship or, you know, whatever, whatever sad social issue, being in those issues will make you feel worse. And so it's very important to to figure out exactly what the underlying psychosocial issue is that could potentially be contributing to your chronic Well, it's, pain. I mean, how many times has someone come to see you or, or their GP, you know, with a, with concern, they think, you know, their mind's gone off, they think it's this, this, and the other thing, they come out of the office saying, oh, you're okay, all of a sudden they feel 50% better just because they got some confirmation. Yeah, and it's funny because they'll feel that much better from the confirmation for a period of time, and, yep. and if they believe that and they accept it as the 100% truth, they often get better, right. but if they believe it for a period of time and then go home and a week later start going going, you know, doing some more research and think, oh, but they never tested for this. Could it be this? You start going back into experiencing more and more pain. But absolutely that just the fact that someone reassures you. And that's one of the biggest things when we look at uh, outcomes for different therapies. uh, I've always said that one of the things that's consistently there is education, which is why I talk with my patients so much and reassurance. Because that's what that's what people need. They need education and reinsurance from healthcare professionals that know what they're talking about um, to make them feel better, so that they can go on. and And that's so very important. And that kind of goes along with the placebo effect too, right? right. Um, where your mind is very, very important in your treatment intervention. And you know, there's a lot of people that 
have come in and maybe they're going to see like one of the chiropractors that I work with and they may say like a, a comment like, oh, I don't believe in chiropractic, but I want to give this a shot. That That's the worst yeah. type of disposition. Not a good way to start. No, because <laughs> your mind is so important that it's going to it's gonna affect that. So anything that you're going to do, you have to have an open mind. That doesn't matter whether it's something that's mainstream or more alternative. You have to have that open mind. Even going into surgery, if you're going into surgery thinking, yeah, I'm doing this, but I don't think it's going to work, that's not a good thing. That right. That's going to diminish your outcome. So make sure you make educated decisions and, and decide why you're doing these things. We'll take a short break. Want to come back and talk about getting into your office and getting that happening with the consultation right off the top. 416-870-6400, star 640 on still. Still got some time to drop us a phone call if you have concerns. Dr. Payne Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. From noon till 1 o'clock Saturday afternoons here, AM 640, the Dr. Payne Show to answer all your questions. Mark, uh, welcome to the show, pal. How are you? Uh, Nate, thanks for taking my call. No worries. What's going on? Um, uh, Dr. Liu, um, yes. I suffer from PR, PMR. Okay. I think you're familiar with uh, what the acronym is. Polymyalgia rheumatica. Absolutely. So yep. what, what I've been on, I've been on steroids for, um, you know, probably about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And they got me back down to pretty well. I'm off them now. Okay. But what happens is I have a relapse, right? Yeah. I don't want to go back on them. Mm-hmm. And as you say in your last segment, I completely distract myself during the day with the pain. But yeah. finally when you come home, and you kind of say, okay, let's relax now. Yeah. That, that's when it's terrible. That's when it's unbelievable. Yeah, for uh, sure. I don't know if there's anything else that can be done besides taking steroids. Just in, I just find it really at night when my body tries to rest that it's amplified. Now, do you find that when you're, is it because when you're at home, you're less busy, so you're thinking about it more? No, it, it, it could be. Yeah. Yeah, and it could be. As you say, it can be the mind, too, because all day I'm distracted. And, and I, to me, it's like a ghost. It's always there, but... You know, it, it comes back at night. That's right. Like what and maybe, maybe this is the mind. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so I think if, if distraction while you're at work helps, then I guess the key would try to be figuring out uh, distraction techniques for when you're not at work. So, um, you know, there's more formal ways to do that than to, for you to just figure it out yourself, obviously. I, I think a good start, let me remember the name of the book correctly. There's a book called uh, Brain Lock. Uh, by My Jeff- wife's reading it. It's fantastic. By Jeffrey Schwartz. Yeah. Now, this this is focused around um, OCD. Uh, so it's not exactly specific to, to uh, distraction. However, um, some of the things that goes through a four-step model on how to break obsessive compulsive uh, components, but a lot of it is distraction. And so in reading that book, you may get some ideas on different, or, or you can go talk to a professional, of course, like a psychologist or something like that. If you need help arranging, I can help you get to someone like that. But as a quick start, uh, maybe reading that book might just, I think it will highlight what I'm, what I'm trying to say with formal distraction. So, you know, every time you say, okay, I'm thinking about it and I have stiffness, you find something, another thing that you go to right away, you know, something maybe that you have a hobby about that you try to distract yourself immediately with that thing, uh, just so that you take your mind off of that. But I think that's maybe a good starting point, um, for you is, is to just take a look at that book and, and give it a read and, and see what, uh, what you think, but again, it's 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 mainly a book about obsessive compulsive disorder. But the the reality about chronic pain is that you focusing on the pain when you're not distracted is a type of obsessive compulsive disorder, right? That that's the reality because you're yeah. obsessing about something and then becoming compulsive about obsessing about it, and so you may not realize that you're doing that like you may not consciously be doing it, uh, but for sure, you know, it, it might be might play a role now. 
again, with, with something like PMR, this isn't, when I, when I talk about the psychosocial aspect and things like fibromyalgia, that's me saying that there's pain for no reason that's identified. Polymyalgia rheumatica is a, is a reason that has been identified why you have pain. So also the other specific interventions that are required to treat PMR uh, are very important. And we don't really know why PMR happens, uh, but you know we do find, yeah, that there is an inflammation process and using uh, anti-inflammatories, and obviously the strongest that we have are steroids, um, it tends to work the best. You may also want to try non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, NSAIDs, uh, to, to see if that helps, but it, it's usually not as strong in the steroid medications tend to be the very best thing that we have for removing the, the inflammation component. Yeah. And the steroids is something I don't want to go back. No, for sure. And how old are you, Mark? I'm 55. 55. Yeah. yeah. So you Pretty still, you, yeah, you got a lot of life left to go in and long-term use of steroids, uh, yeah. decreases bone mineral density and can, mm-hmm. that can create its, all, a whole host of other problems. The good thing is you're a male, so males tend to have less bone uh, bone mass density yeah. issues than than women yeah, do. But still, that doesn't that doesn't mean that you know it can happen. But yeah, for sure, I, I agree with you. If you can limit your amount of uh, steroid usage, uh, that may be a good idea. But give me a call. There may there's also a lot of things that you can do from a natural perspective that are anti-inflammatory in nature. Um, that might be able to help. So, you know, let's have a conversation off air about uh, exactly what it is you've done since you've had PMR and, and see if there's anything else that we can add to it that can help you out. That's fantastic. I'll give you a call and then I'll get the name of that book. Cheers, guys. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, Mark. It's a one eight five 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 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. Brain Lock is the name of that. Last uh, minute here to go. Give me some details quick. Getting into that clinic at that free consultation. Very, happening. very simple. Start with dialing one eight five five. Five five Doctor Lou D R L O U. You call that number if you know that you want an assessment. You want to skip because the consultation, the free consultation, is just simply a conversation with me about is this something that I can deal with? Because right. sometimes people say, you know, I've got burning during urination. I'm not a urologist, so I don't deal with that. But if you know you have shoulder pain, back pain, uh, neck pain, it's more physical in nature. Just press one, book an assessment. It will take you to the clinic where I perform the assessments out of, Beautiful. and we can get started just that way. Again, one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U. Email for further contact info at paincarecanada.com. Till next time, that'll be next Saturday right here, Doctor Pain Show Talk Radio AM six forty.